You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 99. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm a, your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I am a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six-figure years without burning out in the process. So often we hear about the strategy we need to grow sustainable and profitable businesses, but we don't hear about the different levels of business consciousness that we have to go through. You see, the journey towards becoming a successful six-figure, seven-figure, and beyond business owner is a journey of transferring the levels of consciousness. That's right, levels of consciousness. In this episode, I'm thrilled to bring on my business friend, Lauren Trillin, to talk about what does levels of consciousness mean, why it's imperative for businesses to understand these levels of business consciousness. We'll also unpack exactly what the seven levels of business consciousness are, and also talk about how you as your own business owner can assess what level of business consciousness you're currently at and what you need to do to move you forward. This is a jam packed episode. Let me repeat, a jam-packed episode. So get ready because there is so much goodness you could fall over. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything you'd love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories. And please don't forget to tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting because you would put a smile on my dial. Also, this amazing episode is sponsored by Australia's leading four-day, three-night exclusive women in business retreat that I run every single year. The retreat is all about focusing on having on women having the chance to be able to connect, refocus, to learn and grow over those four days so that they can grow both in business and in life. My keynote for this event wait for it, is the amazing Denise Duffield-Thomas, who I'm so honored to be able to call a friend. She's just one amazing and epic human. And I can't wait for her to come and just, yeah, just for you guys to be in her presence because she's absolutely just amazing. This event is being held from November 5th through to November 8th, 2020 at the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. It is an exclusive event and I only release 50 tickets every single year in order to keep it super intimate. I can confirm that 50% of tickets are already sold out. I also have a six-month payment plan in order to ensure you have access to this amazing event to help your business grow, while at the same time ensuring you have cash flow to keep everything else running in your day-to-day business. To learn how you can secure your own ticket for this year's Australia's four-day, three-night leading women in business retreat, make sure you head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and simply click on retreat. Now, let's jump in to this amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Angela, thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you. It is always a pleasure being able to, you know, have people on the show. And, you know, just recently we had, we caught up for the very first time down in Melbourne and I was reflecting on that on my way back. And I just sat there like, 
you know, I was going down there for Digital Marketer Australia to speak at, but then I had the opportunity to catch up with you and a few other people. And, and as I go on and on, my listeners are probably so sick of me talking about the essence of human to human connection. And it was just so remarkable being able to catch up with you in person. And like, I just remember we both looked at each other's clocks and we're like, shit, we got to go. Like we got, we've got like meetings and stuff that we've got to be at. And we could have just kept talking for hours and hours. So it was so refreshing to hang out with you. And I'm glad that, you know, you're on the podcast today. I was so excited. I can't wait for us to dive in. And listen, we first, I mean, even though we met for the first time, we've been in each other's kind of space for about the last 18 months. We were in a mastermind together. And again, it's one of those things that relationships and friendships just blossom, you know, more and more as you continue to, again, make that effort. And that's something that you and I have done. So, so excited to have you because the space that you're in helping coaching, coaching, um, you know, in the coaching space, but equally that entrepreneur space. Yes. to build that conscious empire that so many people are longing for. I, I've watched you in your space on Instagram, on Facebook, and on your podcast, and you're making ripple effects, you know, I mean, not only here in Australia, but in America and the worldwide collectively. So it's a privilege to have you on here today because I think the listeners are in for a very juicy conversation. Mm, thank you. Now, I think you well, I know where you're at, but you yes. are currently in Melbourne. You've been yes, traveling right. a lot lately and then you head back to the USA. So how much longer are you in Oz for? Um, probably around a month or so. And I'm just, I'm sinking it all in, enjoying time with my family. And uh, it's been nice to be back home for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And where is home home? Like, where is that for you? I would say home at the moment is in California. I love the energy there. I love, I've been living there for the last two years. It definitely feels like I found my place. And funnily enough, it's somewhere that I always wanted to live, even as a kid. So it's amazing that I held that vision for so long and then have made it happen since then. And where were you originally born? Because again, similar to me, people get confused with the accent. So tell us a little bit more. So I grew up in Perth, Western Australia. And then I actually worked as an attorney or a lawyer for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And before I realized that, you know, I've always wanted to run my own business and there's never the perfect window of opportunity. So I started, I launched a few businesses while I was actually working full time Mm -hmm. and then realized that it was time to just take the leap and go for it. And that's how I ended up in this, in the, in the online business coaching space. Fantastic. And just to rewind a little bit, I do like to start the podcast off with always a fun question because I like the listeners to get to know you guys a little bit better. So my fun question to you is, as I know you love to read, you're always sharing, do you mean great books that people can read? But my question Mm -hmm. is, this is, could be difficult, but what is your all time favorite book and why? Oh, that's a really tough one. Uh, I would say it's probably something along like the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, anything that has a fantasy element. I actually read um, Game of Thrones in the book form before it came out as a TV Wow. Series. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm probably one of the few originals. So when I found out <laughs> the TV series was coming out, I was like, oh my God, this is a dream come true. And so I love anything that has a fantasy element to it. And I think that's something that I weave through in my work with the Modern Alchemist podcast. Um, I I want people to see how magical life is. And I think that business is just a powerful vehicle and a tool for that. I couldn't agree more. And I also think there's something to be said about reading books that aren't just business related, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. As I sit here on my desk, I've got plenty of business books that I've got on my wish list to get through by 2020. But the reality Mm. of it is, is there's something that sparks the brain in a different creative way. The imagination, the juices flow slightly different when I read other books than just business. Would you agree? Does that happen with you or no? And I talk to my clients about this all the time when they're really feeling stuck in terms of content. I'm like, when was the last time you picked up a really juicy novel and read it Mm -hmm. or did something outside the scope of your business? Like at the moment, I'm actually learning how to play the guitar. Cool. Very fun. 
Yeah. And it's just activating all these different sides of my brain. It's allowing me to activate my voice because I'm singing as I'm playing. And I've just loved it. It's been such an incredible experience. And so, yeah, I highly recommend that we have these other things that make our life interesting because I always say the more that you go and fall in love with your life, the more that life falls in love with you. Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. Amen. And I know another friend of mutual friend of ours from the mastermind was Susie over in the UK. And when yes. she was on the podcast, she talks a lot about um, infusing fun into our business yes. and in life collectively. And that she said it was something that was missing for her uh, about the last year. And so she's always doing really cool dance things, you know, etc. <laughs> because she said that if there's an element that was missing. And since she's brought that element back in, it's really kind of sparked her area, her life collectively, you know, in all areas. So no, so I do think it's, you know, again, we can talk about a good book like you just talked about. But again, reading things that are out of the scope of what we're typically doing on a day-to-day can have so many more benefits than what I think we give ourselves. Do you know what I mean? The, the benefit Absolutely. of the add-on. Yeah. And fun really is the magic formula, especially when you get to a particular space in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what will take it to the next level. Yep. And I think I know there'll, there'll be listeners out there going, well, that's great, ladies. You run <laughs> successful businesses. You know, like there's always one or two. Do you know what I mean? I yep. mean, let's be yep. honest, there's a few of you shaking your head out there. But the thing is, is... <laughs> We've been there too. And there was times when fun, we didn't infuse it. And I don't do it a hundred percent yet either. Like it's something I work on every single day. And I'm assuming this is going to be some of the things we talk about is it just doesn't happen overnight. It's like a muscle, you know, like, I mean, I'm probably not one to be talking about building muscles here, but you know what I mean? If you were to go to a gym regularly and exercise that muscle, it's going to get stronger and stronger. And it's about making choices about what do we want to make stronger and stronger. And fun can be one of those elements, you know? So it comes down to the choices that you make every single day. And like I said, you and I aren't perfect, but there's certain things that we choose in order to make our lives better, better. And the listeners equally can too. Yeah. And, you know, I always say experiment with it, see if it works. I mean, the cool thing is it does. <laughs> and so <laughs> exactly. and there's no harm in doing that. Right. And there's, we're always learning and testing. And I'm, I'm, we just chatted about it earlier. I'm constantly tweaking and experimenting and running my own life experiments to see the impact that, that has on the business and the people that I'm here to serve. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit more later because I think yeah. it's a very interesting what you're going to do for the next month. So we will yes. we will go a little bit deeper when we get into some of these questions. Yes. And so Harry Potter, fantasy is your kind of go-to books. Tell us a little bit more though, just so the li- listeners know a little bit more about your entrepreneurship journey. So obviously you were a lawyer, started doing yes. some side, do you know what I mean, businesses on the side. Yeah. Uh, wh- what were they? And then what are you doing today? Oh, funnily enough. So I've always known from a very young age that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I grew up in a family construction business. So I've been immersed in that from day one. And I've seen the pits of hell of running a business and all of the perks that come from it, you know, with having parents there, being able to um, go into my dad's work and spend time with him and all of the freedom that it afforded us. So I always knew it was going to be business. I just never knew what kind of business it was. Mm-hmm. So my first business was actually with my toughest client. It was my dad. So I became an interior decorator and mm-hmm. I was still studying at university, so bored studying my law finance. <laughs> and then, yeah. And so then I just took, went to my dad with a proposal. Um, he rejected me a few times over, but finally I got the gig. And yep. so that was actually my first business as an interior decorator, helping my dad with the homes that he was building. So that was cool. That was my first taste of it. And when I got in there, I actually started doing his marketing and I did a rebrand of his business. Wow, fun. And, yeah, and helped him build out his whole web presence because he didn't have any of that. And so once again, you know, I think I was just looking for opportunities to fix problems mm-hmm. in a way that felt really creative and stimulating for me. So that's kind of how I, I cut my teeth in all of that. And then when I got to 
working as a lawyer, once again, found myself really bored, wanted to start a business. So I actually became a matchmaker. Okay. (laughs) I launched an events business bringing together young single professionals in Perth. Um, And let me tell you, it was a tough market to... um, to launch a dating business in, but I met some incredible people. I, once again, I learned a lot about marketing and then I, I quickly outgrew that and I launched an online marketplace called Buzzy in Perth. Okay. And that was for helping people um, sort of like what we have, like TaskRabbit in the US or Airtasker in Australia, mm-hmm. all around bringing together community and getting people to help one another. So I think that's always been the common theme in everything I've done. So mm-hmm. I took that to Sydney, realised I actually didn't want to do it and then I... Um, took a life sabbatical <laughs> and, <laughs> All right. yeah, to find myself, to figure out what my life's purpose was. And the way that it came together was really amazing. It took about six months and then this is how I built out the coaching and an online business off the back of that. Dude, fantastic. And, and yeah. you've created a wonderful community, you know, especially yes. for women in business. I know you help every, like, you know, you're always open to helping whoever, do you know what I mean? But yes. what I'm saying is, is that women's space and, you know, making an impact and showing that again, the, the empower, empowering women, do you know what I mean? To really step into their self, figure out what's yes. going on. And because again, they're not just here for themselves, they're here to serve other, do you know what I mean? Other humans in whatever capacity that is. And you're doing re- remarkably well in that. So tell us though about today. Because yes. today I think is going to be a hot topic for those listeners out there about the seven levels of business consciousness. Yes. But, but so many people like, I mean, because I know you, I can kind of yes. get what that means. But there'll be yes. many listeners out there going like, what, the t- what are you two going on about? Like, can you back yeah. it up a little bit, right? So yeah. just so that we're all on the same page and to help the audience really understand, what do you mean when you say levels of consciousness? Yeah, so... A lot of like my, my deepest life passion and work revolves around understanding what human consciousness is, how we can leverage it. And so one model that I came across, across very early on in my coaching journey was the levels of consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins. And for me, it's just been this phenomenally powerful model of understanding the different views that people have about their world and the world around them and how we can, by understanding the different models of the world that are available to us, how we can better understand ourselves, how we can better understand others. What I love about the levels of consciousness is that not only does it help me understand other human beings, but it helps me understand my business. It helps me be better at marketing. It helps me just on so, so, so many levels. So I've been playing around with that for a number of years now, overlaying different models and some of my own insights. And this is how I came up with this idea of, you know, seven levels of business consciousness and how we can understand it as a powerful tool for seeing, you know, where we are currently at in business, where we want to be going and what are some of the like strategic and mindset and energetic shifts that are required to facilitate that process. Now you mentioned a key thing there. Yes. Energetic shifts. Yes. Right. Now, something, again, for those listeners out who have been following me for a while, they will know I'm not super woo-woo, all right? But yep. I will, but I, but the, and I would love to hear your thoughts. The more successful I become, there yes. is a direct correlation of me listening, being open to the whole spirituality, energy, and et cetera, right? It, yes. has, it wasn't always there, right? But again, in yes. 10 years of being in business, every single day almost, there's something else that I'm picking up from the universe, right? That goes, yes. yep, that makes a little bit more sense. So would you say you've always had that? Or has it, again, similar to me, like it's slowly, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it started to become more and more present in your business and in your life. It became a lot more present in my business, in my life. And I, I think that you come to a point in time where your particular view of the world needs to change so rapidly because 
what you're aiming for or what you're looking to move towards doesn't make sense yes. or where you are currently doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I had, I've had those moments many, many times where, you know, if we talk about like a paradigm shift, it's required me to let go of one way of seeing the world in order to be able to step into the next phase, whether that be more abundance, more success, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that, and I've spoken to, I've got, I'm surrounded by some phenomenal mentors in the space, like young people that have done incredibly, incredibly well. And the one key piece in this that I keep seeing over and over again is that there is an element of whether you call it spirituality or universe or source that is required when we get to a particular level. Otherwise, things just don't make sense anymore. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, again, we were talking a little bit about this in Melbourne, right? Yeah. I think, again, you just start to see the world in a different space, right? Yeah. And if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, Oprah, Elon Musk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, do you know what I mean? Obama, yeah. you know, Obama, et cetera. There is an element that they bring this and not bring, but they allow this into their world, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So I look forward to talking a little bit more about this. But, yeah, so I'm just curious to know because, again, it hasn't always been present for me, but I can definitely, even when I'm on, you know, say Instagram or when I'm at a bookshop, there's more and more titles of books that I never really took notice of where now that's what I notice. And so I'm like, yeah, again, there's an element of I believe that it's needed and necessary for me to do, I mean, embrace this, whereas before I wasn't looking for it, I didn't need it, and I'm probably, I'm so assuming we'll probably talk about this when we get more in depth about those seven levels of business consciousness, because yes. I think when we are in that kind of early stages, do you know what I mean? We, some of the way our brain works is we just can't take on anymore. We're not accepting totally of it, agree. right? I totally agree. Yeah. See, so why though, do you think it's imperative that businesses start to understand these levels of business consciousness? Like what are the benefits and what are kind of the cons if they don't start to look at these levels of business consciousness? Yeah. So what I love about understanding the levels of consciousness is that it gives us a roadmap. And I don't know, I'm sure most of your listeners are like this. I love to know where I'm going (laughs) and that helps. Yeah. Because, you know, business is inherently uncertain, right? So the more that I can have a map of the, the territory and understand, you know, where it is that I'm heading, the easier the journey is for me. And so what I love about this model is that when I, I clearly identified that, you know, say, for example, I'm here and I know that I'm here to be of service to humanity on a really large scale. Mm-hmm. And I know that the way that you get there is you don't just turn up one day and it happens. Mm-hmm. So the understanding I have of like the key fundamental pillars of what that looks like in order for me to get there, the easier this whole business journey has been. Mm-hmm. So like if we give you an example, so one of the key pillars when we get into it is going to be that after a certain point in time, financial freedom becomes fundamental if you want to build a global impact business. Mm-hmm. Now, the part of us that maybe at the beginning of the journey doesn't think that's important, there's a level of maturity that's required along the journey, a level of taking responsibility, a level of you know putting the right systems and processes in place to facilitate that. And when you can see that that is just a fundamental step, I think it just gets you to fall even more in love with the whole business process. Yeah. And as you said, they're like a fundamental step, right? It's like yeah. everything that we're talking about, you need one step to build on the next step to go from Completely. there. So, Completely. And if you don't have those steps, and I, and I like the analogy there that you use about the roadmap, right? Like who yes. doesn't want a good roadmap? And it's kind of like you don't go on a trip without an itinerary. Like you might not have all the, you still know, like for you, you're currently here and you said you're coming up to the Gold Coast. So you don't know all the little, what's going to happen when you're on the Gold Coast, but you've got an itinerary to get you to where you don't build a house without a plan. Right. Um, And so it, it, 
it does astound me when I talk to so many businesses, they're like, I don't actually like, and I think, hold on, I want to go back there. We're always winging it to some degree when we first start out. Right. But there comes a time when you do need this strategy. You do need a plan because if not, you're going to continue in that cycle over and over. And that's okay. If that's just, you know, you're happy with that revenue and you're totally okay. But it's like, there comes a time when, you know, just like you need a house and a plan, just like you need an itinerary to travel, you're going to need a plan, a roadmap to get you to that next level in business. Yeah, and if you understand that, you know, we all go through these levels on on the on the on the way to our business success, I think it can be really comforting to know that, you know, no one went from like A to Z um, <laughs> in like one year, right? Like they've gone through these different maturity stages of their business and their own personal growth and evolution to get there. And then it just makes I think it makes the whole process way more fun knowing that. Yes, absolutely. Well, way more fun because you're not going to stress or worry about it. You're just kind of like, okay, this is it. Because so much of it is, is the fear of the unknown. I don't yes. know what this means. I don't know what this means. And I think then we've got the blockages and then we don't, do you know what I mean, really step into what we need to be doing because it's we can't control it. The perfectionism, I mean, all those things start to come into play, right? So the sooner you can have a, some clarity in a map, the less overwhelmed, less anxiety provoking. And I can only say that more than likely direct correlation is you gain momentum, right? Because you've Completely. got that comfort. So yeah. Completely. And so, and one one really really important element of this that I want to emphasize is that I think a huge part of this, and you and I talked about this when we caught up, is taking full responsibility as a business owner, and mm-hmm. what that looks like changes as we evolve and grow. So, having an understanding of like where some of your shortfalls are and what you need to work on as it being as a skill set as opposed to it being personal within your business can be incredibly empowering. So if we can use the example of, you know, someone knowing that they want to build a global impact business, for example, but they don't want to sell, they don't want to get up and do a Facebook live, they don't want to post to social media. If we understand that these are necessarily fundamentals of building a a thriving global business, then it becomes less personal. It just becomes part of the adventure of growing a business. Right. It's like, you don't have to do it, but then you're not going to yeah. make the global impact. And again, totally. that's, that's okay. The choice, what, right? Exactly right. Like that's totally, and that's what I say to people when they come to me, I've looked at business when I work with my women in business in three kind of areas, you're either building a hobby, you're replacing yeah. a, a job, whether or not that's corporate or whatever the job is, or you're really looking at scaling and building an empire. There's yes. no wrong or right way. It's whatever totally. works for you. But the strategies for each of those three are exceptionally different because yes. it's, it's just, that just is. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to show up more. You've got to be more present. You've got to be willing to invest more. Do you know what I mean? In yourself and in your business. Like it just is with the territory. So now let's get into these seven levels of business consciousness. Start with level one. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. So level one is what I call, you know, you're just the rookie getting started. You almost don't know what you don't know. And that's totally fine. And, but it's also, if we look at it from the perspective of like being in survival mode. So a lot of people, when they start working with me, when they come to me, have been running a business for a while and maybe they're making like 500 to a thousand dollars a month. Yep. they're slowly drowning in that they're in survival mode. They can't be of service to others because they can't really pay their bills. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that tends to be level one. And what's really interesting about these levels is that, say, for example, we want to move to level three or four and start to be of service to a greater number of people. Maybe it's running a group coaching course or maybe it's putting an online course out. If we haven't solidified any of the earlier levels, i.e. if we are still stuck in survival mode but we're trying to work on an international scale helping hundreds, that incongruence is going to create problems for us in our business. So what you're saying is you can't be skipping steps. 
you cannot be skipping steps. No. All right, cool. So, so that's good to know from the beginning. So people are like, this is great, boring, yeah. boring. I'm just going to go to, you know, number no, seven, you're saying, hell no. no, it doesn't, it's not working like this. Exactly. So like each level contains the levels below it. So say, for example, you want to sit at like fully fledged financial freedom entrepreneur at level five, you need to have mastered four systems and processes, three, which is all about, you know, competition and working on yourself and self-worth and winning, getting results, two, and then one. All right, gotcha. Yeah. So, so no skipping levels. But level one is survival stage. You've got to be able to work through that stage. And then what happens when we get to level two? So level two is like we're starting to have some clients come through. And remember, like this is all this all like shapes and moves and it's going to be different for every single human being. Mm-hmm. But level two is very much about starting to find our own sense of self-confidence, starting to figure out who we are as a person, as a coach, as a business owner, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's about starting to build community, but also recognizing that you have to start to break free of judgment from others, whether it be from family or colleagues, in order for you to move into the next level of your success. So a lot of people that are still getting stuck at level two, firstly, aren't getting enough revenue into their business. So they're not working with enough people, but they're also very much still working on their self-confidence. This is why I think mindset starts to become important Mm -hmm. and they're they're kind of getting some results, but those results are inconsistent. Yeah. And I mean, it's about being able to understand that you can't do this alone, right? Like you've got to start bringing in, I mean, this is level two, which is community is you've got to be looking at, you know, bringing in other people. And one of the things that I say is that, you know, you've got to start looking at investing yourself, surrounding yourself with the right people because, um, and I believe that transformation only happens when a transaction takes place. There's Mm. something that fires it, do you know what I mean, in the brain when you're like, hold on a minute, this is like go time, right? Like this is, there's a next step. Whereas those people that I've seen that are always looking for the next freebie, the next free podcast, free blog, free lead magnet, whatever, the amount of time that they're wasting, right? Going from one thing to another, I actually think is debilitating themselves every more, every time that they go for that next free piece. Whereas I'm like, again, I typically see the transformation once a transaction takes place. Like it's, they just take it more seriously. That's why with my four day, three night women in business retreat, I offer scholarships every year because it's my way of being able to give back, but I don't give them for free. I'm like, you've got to pay half of whatever the ticket is because I feel again, there's ownership there's responsibility. People show up and every year people show up in those seats. Whereas if I gave those seats away for free, I would almost guarantee A, I'm doing a detriment to them and B, they, somebody, there'd be no shows, right? There'd be excuses. So again, it, in that level of two of community, it's like, again, you've got to be looking at who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. And it also comes down to level two is very much about starting to develop your sense of self-worth as Mm -hmm. a business owner. And the best way to demonstrate that you trust yourself and that you love yourself is to make an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. I hear you, sister. And I mean, and you and I, and we didn't start off that way. Do you mean we started going to free events and then we started to pay a little bit more. And I know that, you know, I spend anywhere from like 40 to 60 grand a year on professional development, but it's not just the professional development that I say to people, it's the connections. Like, look, I would never have met you if I wouldn't have invested $20,000 into that mastermind. Right. Like, and, but again, it's, there's something that changes. The people change you, you just naturally go into that next level, right? It's like, it's like you step into it, you own it. Well, I mean, not everyone does, but the majority of people that are making those types of investments, whether or not it's a thousand dollars investment to start with, Mm -hmm. they're prepared that they're not just going to typically throw money down the drain most of the time. And it's never wasted. I, sometimes I hear people say, well, that, that didn't work out. Well, you know, you and I have both been in things and we've talked about this where, we, it may not have gotten us the result that we wanted at the time, but it was still of immense value. 
oh gosh, enormous value, you know? And, and we talk about too, is that it didn't work out, but also about ownership in the situation that we were talking about is, you know, it wasn't working the way we wanted to, but we still made it work for us in other ways. So Completely. for me, it was about who can I connect with? Who do I get? And that's how I became friends with you and a variety of other people, right? So it's about, again, what you said very early on in this podcast is responsibility. Yes. I signed up. I took responsibility. It may not have been exactly what I wanted, but maybe I didn't ask enough questions at the beginning. Maybe yeah. I didn't push to get people on a call so I could understand it more, right? So I need to take responsibility for that, but I need to also take responsibility for, well, what do I do with this now? So again, Absolutely. responsibility is key. Yeah, it really, really is. And it's, it's the moving out of level one and moving out of level two is about really letting go of that aspect of ourselves that wants to play into victim as well mm-hmm. and drama or like the emotional roller coaster when things aren't working. So we really want to start to solidify our sense of self to have a better understanding of when we are playing in victim and where we are taking full responsibility because the business journey is very much almost like if you look at it from the journey of being born to becoming a toddler to learning how to walk, to being the child, to the teenager, to the fully fledged adult. It's the same journey. And we have to go through the steps of, you know, really stepping out as the the, the, the toddler that wants to have the tantrums mm-hmm. into that takes full responsibility for all aspects of ourself and our business. And so that I just want to kind of re like paraphrase there. So we've got level one survival, we've got level two community. And what you were just talking about is that level three, is that right around self-worth and also that like competition about? Yeah, it starts to be built into like levels two and three. So it's, it's level two is very much um, community-based and starting to, to build a community around you, but also growing your self-worth. In level three, we really start to step out more on our own so we're finding our own two feet again and a lot of people feel quite uncomfortable moving from let's say level two where we might have had more of a community to really starting to step into our power and um, valuing other things that we may not have valued earlier on in our journey so a classic example of that is someone that doesn't want to make the transition into doing enrollment calls or selling or wanting to um, set particular financial goals and be really, you know, self-competitive in making it happen. And mm-hmm. that's because they're rejecting elements of the level three, the competitiveness, which is inherent in all of us as humans. There's a great way to do comp- competition and a not so great way to do it. And so this phase is very much about starting to solidify that. And do you think, again, how much of that comes down to when you talk about stepping, I guess, away from that community almost and stepping into yes. your own power? I know for me, when I was in that level, there's also an almost an essence of loneliness too. Yeah. And, and that really like, lonely. because some, for me personally, it was just one of those instances where it's like, there's other people who weren't stepping into that level at the same yes. time I was. Completely. And then it was kind of like, they kind of make passive aggressive remarks, right? Or yes. they, they used to be cheering you on, right? And now next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, you're doing that again. Or it was just like, a, right? And so there was also an essence for me anyways. And I think though I have to, I've, I've seen this in all of the areas, to, at all levels to some degree, right? But that level to me was a big one where I was like, ooh, okay, you know, I, I've got to, you know, get out of that drama, right? That survival mm. and all that other stuff, right? And I was like, this is me. I'm here for a bigger thing. I can't control what these other people are doing. I can only take responsibility for me. But it didn't take, it didn't mean any less that I wasn't still, there's a level of loneliness going shit like, it can't be this hard or lonely. What are your thoughts totally. about and that? It's a really good point. So all of these levels have a, a, a beautiful 
light aspect to it and a shadow aspect. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful aspect of level two is that, you know, you're finally finding your community, your collective, your, your you know, whatever you want to call it, your clan, your family. But then the shadow aspect is that it can also hold you back at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm always wary of, you know, which communities do I place myself in at all levels to make sure that they're a match for where I want to be going. Mm-hmm. And so there will come a time where we have to be happy and comfortable setting ourselves apart from the pack in order to get to the next stage. But the beautiful thing is that level fours and six bring community back again. Yep. And I know I read a post recently on your personal page. Mm. Um, This isn't just reliant on shedding or loss of business friends, right? It can also mean that you may be letting go of some people who you've been friends with for many, many years, or even having to let go of family members. Yeah, Um, level two is very much about family and friendship. Yep. Um, and again, it's, there are some people that might just be toxic, right? Yes. And I think, again, you can either choose to stay around that toxicity or you're going to have to, it doesn't mean you have to be a dick about it, but it just means that you might be letting them go. You might not put as much energy into them anymore because they're zapping the energy back out. Um, and yeah, would you also agree that again, it's not just business relationships, but also just mean collectively every, anyone and anything in your life? Yeah, I would say that the biggest thing stopping someone from transitioning to level two and three is the fear of judgment from others, Mm -hmm. whether that be from a partner, whether that be from family, whether that be for friends. And it really keeps so many people stuck here because they're they're too embarrassed or feel too much shame or guilt. These are lower level emotions around stepping out there and, you know, doing a live on their private Facebook page or starting to talk about their business and that is definitely like the biggest thing that I see around level two that keeps a lot of people stuck from growing to the next level yep yep no hands just want to make sure do you know what I mean because I know there'd be some yep. people out there listening right now going oh I've been thinking about uncle Johnny who every time I go to the yes. barbecue do you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. like so how's that business going Angela do you know what I mean ah oh, is that even a business right and you're just yep. like dude why the hell did I come to this fucking barbecue right? totally just and like, we've oh, all been there yeah. And we're just like, listen, Uncle Johnny, I got a big mm-hmm. F you. Do you know what I mean? Back <laughs> off. Right. So just want to make sure, because I think again, it's when we're in it, it can feel really bad. It can feel yuck. It can feel, do you know what I mean? But it's like, again, you shed that and the new life comes is how I look at it. Completely. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So then what would you say when we start looking at, obviously you talk about the self-worth in level three yes. um, and really understanding and to start developing that really that self-confidence, et cetera. Yes. What, what does it look like from an hour's perspective? And, you know, and my other question too is, is how long do people stay in these levels for? Like, is there like a estimation or is again, it's just so individualized. It just depends on what they need in each of those levels. Yeah. So like if, if we use level three, for example, someone's coming in and they're starting to get more clients. They're starting to put like sales systems and lead generation systems in place, right? They mm-hmm. haven't yet developed a team. So they tend to be more of like the lone wolf still. So that's sure. the solopreneur. And what they're finding is that they're starting to get busier. So maybe this is like from, it depends really on the business. Maybe it's like the year one to maybe year three Mm -hmm. um, phase of what that business looks like. And they're just filling up their calendar. If it's say, for example, they're doing coaching, they're doing a ton of coaching or they're really, really busy within the business, but they're not really doing much beyond that, beyond making the sale and delivering the service. They're spending less time on the systems and processes which are required in the next phase in order to be able to leverage their time. 
Yep. And so let's go move to that next phase because I think systems and processes are such an important factor. And it's something, yes. even with my, my clients that come in early, I'm still trying to plant the seed. Let's extract what's in your brain and start putting it to paper. Because if you walked into say someone like Walmart, Target, BW, depending on what country you're in, you don't have your staff walk in on the first day and go like, listen, I don't got, I've got nothing to give you. You're just going to, you know, like, Good luck, right? Like you've got to start pulling that stuff out and put systems in totally. place. So tell us a little bit more about what level four looks like. Yeah. And so what I love about, you know, having like these levels of consciousness is that we can almost pre-plan, which is kind of what you're getting to, right? Angela? Yeah. Yeah. It's about understanding that like, I know that I'm going to build a global impact business one day. I'm going to make sure that even from day one, that I'm filing my stuff properly, that I have the proper systems and processes in place, that maybe I start off by hiring a bookkeeper just to help keep that aspect of my business sorted. So level four is very much about building infrastructure and systems and processes here that will lay the foundation for a really powerful business. So say, for example, you've gone from a solopreneur, it's about recognizing that it might be time, you know, if you're, let's say, we just use the example of a coach, that it might be time to leverage your time by starting an online course or offering a group coaching program and then developing a mastermind. So this is where we really start to grow out the business so it's less about us and more of us being able to leverage our time. Now, one really important point that I think we should mention here is people that want to skip the stages. So one really (laughs) important that I see with a lot of people is that they come to me and they're like, I want to build an online course. I don't want to do any of like the one-on-one. I don't want to do, you know, any sales, blah, blah, blah. I want to just, you know, be able to be the global impact individual but they haven't done the work in order Mm -hmm. to get there. So that's really, really common. I think it's a very common self-sabotage tool that a lot of people play into. Um, They want to almost like build the systems and processes, but they haven't built the community and they don't have the proper like sales and lead generation processes in place to facilitate that. Or they think that again, it's it's about wanting to get a quick fix, right? It's like, totally. God forbid, I have to go and do the hard work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And listen, I and I do think there is something about listen. I'm not saying anyone should have to work harder. I'm always about working smarter. And we're going to talk a little bit about what you're going to experiment with shortly. Yes. But in these infancy stages, the analogy that I always say is, if you've got 24 hours in a day, and you've got Angela over here who's working five hours and you've got Lauren over here who's working 12 hours. Yes. More than likely, Lauren is going to go quicker just because of the fact she's putting more hours in. Yeah, and that comes down to mastery, right, and becoming excellent at what we do. It's got nothing to do with the hustle. It really has everything to do with laying the foundation of mastery. And in in those early stages, the best and the quickest way to do that is by doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then and then building the systems and the processes around that to be able to leverage that mastery on a larger scale. Yep. And I also, if we go back to community in that instance, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, is that any coaches out there, and this is my opinion, I won't speak for you, Lauren, though, but if, if any coaches, if you're getting any coaching from anyone that says you can start a business and just build a course and you're going to be a millionaire, I'm going to call bullshit. Because again, <laughs> you're skipping these steps. What happens is you, like if you don't have a community to sell to, like you, totally. you can't sell freaking, do you know what I mean, a course to just thin air. I mean, it doesn't work like that. And so yeah. I do want to say, again, it goes back to these levels of consciousness, right? Like, again, the best thing that, in my opinion you can do is test your stuff one-to-one, see people are buying it, build more of a community. You've got less overheads, like just tools that you've got to have, do you know what I mean? Like easy webinar to 
connect mm. this with an evergreen funnel with this like one-to-one if you can is one of the easiest ways because the simple fact that your overheads are actually quite low for and, it, and again if it works then build on it but again don't try and skip from oh i've got no clients no money no nothing but i want the quick fix and i want to earn a million by creating a course because that's what everyone told me i'm like i again please don't do that please yes yeah, no no totally and, and and you're making it harder for yourself because you'll have to come back to Exactly right. And that's the analogy that I use with a lot of people who come to me is a lot of businesses like, man, I've been in business for three or four years and I'm like, all right. And they're making some money, not a problem. And then I go, okay, but listen, this is what you've done. It's like the story of the three little pigs. You've got a how you've got a business that's made out of sticks or made out of hay. You never had a business made out of bricks because you skipped the, you didn't build the foundations that were necessary to build that brick house. You went yes. straight from this to this. So you're wobbly. And if you don't go back, you know what I mean, and fix that and start to add those bricks, you could collapse in any given day because totally. algorithms change, your Facebook accounts get shut down, you lose your web, like, I don't know. And so again, I'm all about building those foundational elements. And a lot of times, more so than not, even with businesses who are making half a million dollars that I'm working with, we have to go back to the foundations before we can get them to scale. Completely. And it might seem that you're going slower in the short term, but it's much faster in the long term. 100%. We just had a client, again, that I was working with. She'd never ran Facebook ads. Um, website was a little bit, do you know what I mean, off, but she did very, very, like was doing exceptionally well. And I said to her, listen, I said, can we just change up the website to make it more of a conversional website? Can we get this done? I said, and then we can bring on the Facebook ads for the first time. And, you know, they just absolutely listened to everything. We just closed cart last week and we just had a $97,000 launch. Amazing. But Incredible. I but I wouldn't I would hypothesize that that wouldn't have been the case if we didn't go back and yeah. tighten the website, tighten the email sequence, tightens all of that because we just would have been throwing money. Yeah. Um, and again I just want to say so people out there again because this really irks me when people are like, "Oh my goodness, you know, 97,000, but what did you put into it, right? Like full disclosure, there is about $8,000 worth of ads that were put into this, my cost, and that was pretty much it. So like it was clear, do you know what I mean? It wasn't just like 97,000 and they put 96,000 in ads. So I'd just like to be very clear because there are people on the internet that are exceptionally misleading um, in regards to I had a seven figure launch, but I actually only profited $5. So let's be clear on that. So cool. So we've moved into the level four with systems and processes. What is level five? Level five is when we're really setting ourselves up for financial freedom as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. This is when we're really starting to scale, to grow. And the key piece is really making sure that in order to solidify that so we can start to work on an even larger scale is that we really have anything related to systems and processes, um, our sales, our legion, our community that we have built. And the really, really important aspect of this, uh, uh, this entire journey is the mindset work. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, like I don't think that people can, maybe you can get to level five. I'm not sure that you can get to level six without having truly done a lot of the mindset work in order to get there. I 100% agree. I would generally believe 80 to 90% of success is mindset, 10 to 20%, do you know what I mean? Depending on the person is is strategy. Like anyone can do strategy. But if you wake up every morning going, my life sucks, my life sucks, well, your business is probably going to suck too. Yeah. And you might get to like level three worth of competition and have some results, but you're really going to struggle when it comes from a leadership perspective and growing a community that is in love with you because business is really the transfer of energy. Mm-hmm. And people fall in love with our energy. 
a lot of the times, like I don't know how many times someone signs up with me and they'll say something along the lines of it was just as if like your energy was speaking to me or the universe told me to contact you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, 100%. It's, it's energy, right? And so we, this is energy mastery is a huge part of this entire process. And in this stage where they're, do you know what I mean, they're starting to scale, starting to grow and the mindset comes in, would you, like, what do you think that they what is the primary thing that they need to really like get training on? Is it specifically like the mindset or is, have they already been working on the mindset? Like what's the one main thing that you're like, this is what you should be doing. I think it's about, it's de- there's definitely a huge piece around strategy. And then it's about also building out the team, knowing what to do when and knowing what to focus on as well. And I also think you, you said something key there about leadership, right? Yes. Is as a solopreneur, and this is kind of the stage where, the, where the few of us are at, um, I'm not speaking on behalf of you, but just a few of my other friends and I, where we're like, and I actually think we talked about this in Melbourne is no one at this stage is teaching you when you kind of get to these levels that this is what it looks like, right? So you've yes. gone from solopreneur, you have a few yes. contractors, you start bringing on a few team members, yeah. but you really do go into a CEO role. And in that CEO role, the description, the job description is different to what it was a solopreneur. So Completely. you need to be showing up and you, and the leadership skills have to be there, right? And it's, you know, these are a few of the things that, you know, I know I'm working on is that my team, I'm, in my mind, I'm going, do, 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 yeah, team, like you've got what you need, right? But what they're saying is actually, no, we'd love you to check in every day. Like, you just be like, hey, how is everyone? Like, what's going on, right? Where I'm like, dude, just like my, my personality is like, dude, just do the work, right? Like, let's rock and roll, right? But that's where that like leadership, it does change, it shifts because all you've had to do is worry about you paying a few contractors, but that leadership is different. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, completely. And, you know, communication becomes really key. And then it's also about shifting yourself as, having to do everything. So learning how to let go is a huge part of this process Mm -hmm. and trusting that you have developed the right people in your business that are hopefully even better at what they do than you were. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like you become a little bit obsolete, which is really, really interesting. And you become more of the face of what that business is. Yes. And you put the whole team behind you at the same Mm -hmm. time. Yep. Amen, sister. I hear you. Yeah. And we li- we go into level six. So once they kind of got yes. the team, they're stepping in the leadership. Now we're looking at global impact, correct? What does that yes. look like? Co- correct. So the, the financial freedom piece is in place and the systems and processes and the empire is essentially in place. So now, and this is, it depends a lot on the business. I would say that, you know, I'm still very much solidifying the entrepreneur piece. I've been in business for three years. I could probably spend like, let's say another five years before I'm really getting to the global impact piece. Um, And, but this is very much about recognizing that um, you've solidified all the other levels in place. Your mindset is in a really good place. Your frequency is is in a really good place. And what this very much becomes about is less about proving yourself financially and more about truly just being of service to humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a person who, in my opinion, does this exceptionally well is Allie Brown. Allie, do you know what I mean? She is, she's creating legacies, you know, in the event, yep. like for whatever happens, yep. she's comfortable, you know, with, from a financial point of view, she's kind of ticked all the boxes, right? So obviously money is great, but this yep. is my perception of Allie, right? Yep. Um, but she's going, what, how do I make this bigger impact? You know what I mean? Yep. What does that look like? And, you know, she's just started a, um, a thing called the trust where it's about making sure that we're, uh, women business specifically when they hit those seven, eight, nine, ten figure marks have a place to be able to go and, and be nurtured and get the support they need because that's a piece that she believes is lacking. So someone who I believe has really has really done good at global impact, yeah, is definitely is Allie Brown. Beautiful. And you know the really beautiful part about this is that that piece around being of service and of impact to humanity, we can bring that through even if we're at level one and two and three. 
Mm-hmm. And so what most people don't realize is that, you know, the, the vibration and the essence of being of service to our fellow human, whether we're doing sales calls, whether we're turning up and delivering free content, if we can start to tap into that energy of selflessness and service, it becomes much easier for us to get to level six. What happens is that too many business owners at the beginning of their journey, they're so focused on me, 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 me and survival that they're not thinking about the person whose problems they're actually here to solve. Yep, and I think that's the thing is people are so often worried about where's the next, um, about the transaction, right? Yes. Is like, is this going to happen here? Is this happening here? Where's the next dollar coming from? You know, et cetera, et cetera, where I'm a firm believer that if you lead with, you know, I mean, value first, you inevitably will become, you know, profitable. And a good book that I've read, and I've read it probably 20 times, it's one of my all-time favorite books, and I talk about it often, is Mm. The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David. Man, and they talk about the five laws of, of stratospheric success. Yeah, and they talk about the number one thing is the law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And then they talk about the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. They talk about the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And they go on to talk about the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And they talk about the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And it's a book that, again, it's, I've, been, I've read it many years ago and continue to read it a couple times a year, to be honest. And the other thing that I like about them is they talk about the traditional, if you think of a traditional sales process, you've got a, mm-hmm. a prospect, you qualify, you present, you overcome with objections, you might close, you might follow up, and you might provide some customer service. Yes. What John... Um, what yeah what John or sorry what Bob and David talk about is in theirs is that if you create value touch people's lives you build networks you be real you stay open you will be profitable always and, and so their take is very counterintuitive to what so many other people are teaching on the internet but it's something that I followed for a very long time and those that have followed me for a long time also know that this is really the essence of human to human marketing placing yes. other people's needs first and the rest will come right so again this would be a whole nother conversation we could talk it about really but I'm is. glad that you talked about it because I think again the sooner people can realize about it, especially the, the law of value you know, and that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than take in payment. The rest, I mean, these other steps will be a lot easier to go through. Totally. And it just takes care of itself then. I think that's such a valuable point. The more that we can bring things through this level six, this desire to help a fellow man, that Mm -hmm. it has to flow back to us. Mm -hmm. It has to. Yeah. Again, if you just look, again, we could talk about energy, right? (laughs) If you just look at the energy you're putting off, right? It is, uh, yes. And I know I was in Phoenix recently speaking there and there's a man outside who uh, the very first night I saw him, a homeless man. And I just, and it was, you know, I was by myself in Phoenix. It was dark. I was jet lagged. And I was just like, oh, you know, one of those safety things, right? My first instance was safety. Like, I got to go out an Uber. I don't know this man. Please don't forget your keys. And I just ignored the guy. Mm. And then the next night, and I remember going to bed and I felt absolutely shit because I was like, I didn't even say hi to this guy. I yeah. didn't even, because I was so worried that the guy was going to jump me, right? Like literally, that's what it was. And I remember going, if he's there tomorrow, 
no matter what, I'm going to have a conversation with the guy. Mm. I went and had a conversation and I had some food. So I gave him some food. And every other day I was there for four days. I made sure I said hello to him. His name is David actually. Said hello to him and I left him food every single day, whether or not he was asleep under his you know, sleeping bag or whatever. But there's an essence of when you give and you put other people's like, it naturally is a such a good feeling, right? But yes. it just is like, and these are the things that I try and do all the time too, right? Like give here, do this, do that. Cherie from Digital Picnic also does this really well. She'll like leave the $2 coin in the LD cart because she did in hopes that the, the shopping trolley guy gets more money, right? Like there's all these little things that we can do. It doesn't have to be big, but the sooner yes. that we can lead with heart, I genuinely believe, do you know what I mean? Your business, I know it doesn't feel like it at the beginning because you're just like, I, I need to make sure that I can pay my bills. I think we yeah. both get that. But the sooner you can lead with heart, the better it will be for you, yourself, the community and the business. Yeah. It just shortcuts the whole entire process. It really does. And so what, let's, let's go into number seven. What is that final level seven? I jokingly put this in there that you've kind of transcended um, (laughs) the real world and you've moved, you've reached, you know, business, personal enlightenment. And, um, and now you get to go and, you know, whether it be become an investor um, to invest in other businesses, you get to continue with your global impact. Um, it's kind of like the joking level that I'm not, I'm not sure how many people reach that in their lifetime. But, you know, if, if we look at this as being a, the, the self-transcendence journey is very much a journey of becoming the best version of ourselves. And the more that we do that, the more that business just gets taken care of. And I know in one of your Instagram posts that I just want to read back where this is where this topic has come from is you talk about each, and this is quoted by you, by the way, not me, each higher level contains the level below that and you need to be mastered it before we can go upwards. You then go on to say, we cannot skip one level in order to move forwards. And this is where most business owners get stuck. But this is what I think a lot of businesses need to hear, whether or not they're willing to accept this right now. Mm -hmm. They want the impact without their shit without owning their shit and putting in the work. Let me just repeat that. Many of you listening out there, some of you, you want the impact without owning your shit and putting in the work. You then go on to say they want financial freedom, but they don't want to do sales. They don't want to turn up on socials. They want to scale to six figures, but they don't want to build the team. They don't want the systems. They don't want the processes. They want millions of dollars, but they're not willing to do the mindset, the energetic and strategic work to become the person that can impact thousands. And I think it is so true because so often, do you know what I mean? Everyone wants a quick fix, as I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. on. But what again, you're saying is if you want this, you must commit and you must be willing to go through these different stages and you must be willing or these levels and you must be willing to truly look at yourself in order to be able to move forward. Yeah, and fall in love with the process. Like if you know, like so many of us know that this is for us, right? Like I know that this is my life's mission and purpose and that business is the vehicle for that. And so then I fall in love with the process every single day knowing because I've already decided that my success is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get to global impact. Yeah, I decided that that's a belief that I installed very early on. And then for me, it's just a process of growing and evolving into the person that can facilitate that and then be of assistance to as many people as possible in the process. Is there an E, do you have a suggestion or advice for those businesses that are listing going, okay, I need to really assess which level I'm at. Like how can businesses start to understand where they're currently at? Uh, I think, you know, this is a great place to start. I'm um, having also a look at some of the levels of consciousness work with David Hawkins. Um, there's another great text called Spiral Dynamics, which also applies to, you know, within an organization, not just a business. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, some, there's, some, there's some really great resources out there around that. And I always suggest, you know, if people want to talk about it further, they can, they can obviously reach out to me. This is my, my 
area of obsession. Yes. And I just love, I just love how it has so many different applications, whether like we're saying from a marketing perspective, from a business, a branding perspective, or even just from a personal development perspective. And how much does someone's attitude play into getting through these different levels? Fundamental. So the people that I have seen give up on their business, they were always getting stuck at level one. They were not willing to let go of the victim, always wanting to blame others for their lack of results and couldn't see that the reason why and couldn't move beyond the fact that the reason why they weren't getting the results had to do with them. And you would, again, I want to just summarize a little bit, but you would summarize or you would say in two different ways. You've got business owners who are below the line thinking and business owners who are above the line thinking. And one of the things, again, you said on your Instagram is that I quote, I've noticed uh, some big differences between people making less than 5k a month in their business and those that are making six and seven figures. And it comes down to attitude. Attitude, So I just want to talk to you a little bit about not only about the levels, but we've just talked about, but what does below the line thinking look like? So those people can start doing their own little assessment uh, today. Yeah. And I think what's really important to add here is that someone might say, oh, I'm never below the line. And the truth is that in times of stress or, you know, financial stress, that we can be both above the line in some areas and below the line in some other areas. Like we might be playing above the line when it comes to lead generation or working with our team, but below the line when it comes to our finances. So right. really important to add there because one of the temptations of the ego is to say, no, 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 I've got this. Like, I've got this. <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to like really point that out. So examples of when we're playing below the line in our business is that we're playing the victim. We're feeling stuck. That's very, very common below the line behavior because we're not seeing the choices and the options that we have available to us. Yep. If we're playing into fear or suffering from anxiety, that's actually below the line behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, instead of being strategic and responding to how they approach their business, they're reactionary. Mm-hmm. So they're always putting out fires, right? There's always some sort of drama that's unfolding. Yep. Other examples of this include, you know, making excuses, making excuses for why your Facebook ads aren't working or for why you didn't do the particular work or for why that thing didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some other examples that are really common are procrastination. So that's that's um, definitely one of them and not taking action, but also people that, you know, view their mistakes as failures, mm-hmm. people that um, only see problems and not solutions. And mm-hmm. then finally a really big piece around this is vagueness, mm-hmm. not having clarity around where you're going. And that lack of clarity is actually a below-the-line way of operating within your business. Mm-hmm. And that also leads to that scarcity, right? They're going, oh, it's like a scarcity mindset too, right? Like Totally. As yeah. opposed to being like, you know, I have all the resources available to me. I just have to get creative as to yeah. like how I make this happen. Yeah. And so in comparison, if we then obviously below the line thinking, the judgment, the victim, the stuck, the vagueness, yeah. the scarcity, what does above the line thinking look like? So I always say that, you know, we're the hero of our own story. Mm-hmm. So it very much requires us to step into that next level identity of where we're going. So in my, with one of the programs that I run, it's called the Abundant Entrepreneur. And that very much encapsulate this whole idea of, you know, we're stepping into a whole new identity. We're letting go of old ways of thinking, old ways of operating, old beliefs, old behaviors, um, old ways of wanting to do things in order to step into this next level version of us. And some of those requirements, whether or not we like it or not, 
require us to step into the fully fledged abundant entrepreneur adult that takes 100% responsibility for everything that happens within their business and their life. Mm -hmm. No, fantastic. Well, for those listeners out there, I mean, seriously, what an absolutely epic amount of information. I'm sure some of you are going, holy shit, I need a wine or a water or whatever. I need to process it. (laughs) Right. But the good news is that you can always follow up with Lauren. So Lauren, where can the audience find you? So I would say the best place to connect with me is via like Instagram, for example, Lauren Trillian. My website is the same name. All of my social media um, is under my name. And so if you have any questions around it, all of my frameworks and models are also on there as well on social and on my website. So that would be the best place to start and also having a listen to some of this, which I cover on my podcast, The Modern Alchemist. And we'll make sure to have all that information and links in the show notes for sure. But one final question for you. Yes. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started in business? In the kindest way possible, this is just a game. Mm Mm-hmm. And that we get to decide the rules of that game and that we're really here to be of service to others. And if we can just leverage business as a vehicle for our impact on scale, then we have, we know everything we need to know to make this work. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. And before we sign off, just a reminder that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode, show notes, links, etc. from today at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially on your Instagram by tagging me at Angela Henderson Consulting and also Lauren. We'd greatly love it. And also, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, I'd equally love for you to subscribe because again, it not only helps you, but can make a bigger impact to other women in business. Thanks so much again, Lauren, for being on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. And for the rest of you, have a fabulous day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au